before we get started with today's show, I want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon page. So, to help us out, go to patreon.com slash burnitdown. And for $3 a month, you can help us stay afloat and put out more quality content. Again, that's patreon.com slash burnitdown. Thank you. Say, for the sake of argument, you're a Democratic president finishing out your last year in office. There's not a lot you're expected to do as a lame duck except endorse a Democrat for the upcoming election, but then early in the year, something unexpected happens. A Supreme Court justice dies suddenly in his sleep. Vacancies in the Supreme Court are infrequent as it's a lifetime appointment, so death and the occasional resignation are the only causes of an empty seat. And when it happens, it's the president's job to get the seat filled. So you set about the task of picking a successor, probably the last major decision you will make as president, when the Republican Senate tells you, yeah, we're not going to confirm anyone you nominate. And you say, well, if you think you've got the votes, you can reject my nominee and I'll pick someone else. And they say, oh no, we're not going to vote against your nominee. We're not going to hold a vote. What are you talking about? I haven't even nominated someone yet. We're not going to convene a vote on anyone you nominate. But that's your job. I make a nomination, the Senate holds a vote, and democracy decides who sits on the bench. Well, that's not what we're going to do. You're a lame duck. The next president will decide who sits on the Supreme Court. That's not how this works. That's not how we've ever done things. Certainly not when your party's had a lame duck in office. Well, it's what we're going to do. And you say, that's not what the Constitution says. And they say, the Constitution does not explicitly say we can't. Your wife has a saying for when Republicans act up. They go low, we go high. So in considering your current predicament, you try to think of what taking the high road might look like. The Republicans have always accused you of being too far left, so after some deliberation, you select a middle-of-the-road, utterly uncontroversial judge, the kind of candidate a functioning Senate should have no trouble confirming. You make a display of embracing the spirit of compromise, in the hopes they'll change their tune, or at the very least be shamed into convening a vote rather than admitting this had nothing to do with the timing or the nominee and was just about refusing to collaborate with a liberal. In response, the Republicans announced that not only will they still not convene a vote, some say that should a Democrat win the election and they don't even know who the candidate is yet, they will hold the seat vacant for however long it takes to get a Republican in the White House. You didn't call their bluff. They are all too happy to admit that this is absolutely about dicking over liberals and guaranteeing as many conservatives as possible in the Supreme Court. There is no official policy for what to do if one party simply refuses to do its job. But there is a legal argument that if the Senate refuses to vote on your nominee, they are, in effect, giving you permission to appoint a judge without their approval, Lincoln the down there part. This is technically a little extra constitutional, but it is the law in many similar scenarios, and certainly if they're going to break the rules, you're within your rights to bend them. But... They go low, we go high. How can you criticize them for going outside the Constitution if you're going to do it yourself? So, being the grown-up, you grit your teeth and do... nothing. Seemingly, there's nothing to do but publicly shame them, keeping a running tally of how many days your nomination has sat on senators' desks without a vote. You can play this as keeping your integrity, the Democrats seizing the moral high ground. But in response, the Republicans seize the Supreme Court. Their guy wins the election, 
you finish out your term, and Republicans will put one of their own on the bench. And just before you leave office, and the new guy is inaugurated, and your nomination expires after 293 days without a vote, nearly three times the previous record, a Republican senator predicts that, under the new administration, the Democrats, the minority party in the House, Senate, and now Supreme Court, will be the biggest obstructionists history has ever seen. Think of the position this puts Democratic senators into. They have been preemptively denigrated for the exact behaviors Republicans have relied on for the last eight years. After two terms of misuse, every means of obstructing an unfit executive branch, from filibustering bills to shutting down the government rather than approve a budget proposal, has just been defined as going low. Worse, in the event of a Supreme Court appointment being literally stolen by the opposing party, it might be defensible to not convene a vote on whomever that party nominates, except that's exactly the tactic Democrats have spent 10 months condemning. If everything that might restore democratic norms is tainted by the Republicans who violated those norms in the first place, then the only honorable move left is compliance. Give Republicans whatever they want, confirm their judge as quickly and smoothly as possible, treat the situation like it's fair, because that's what they should have done when it actually was. This is, somehow, going high. And that comment from the Republican senator belies the truth. They know what they're doing, and they're not ashamed. They know Democrats aren't obstructionists. They're counting on it. When one party can be relied on to do the exact opposite of your worst behavior, good strategy is to do to them as destructively as possible whatever you don't want them to do to you. The new Republican norm is you go high, we go low. Hello and welcome to Shooting the Ship with Liv and Jay here on the Burn It Down Podcast. I am Jay. I'm Liv. And today, as always, we have our esteemed colleague, Jose Roxas. Say hello. What's going on, everyone? Um, so, uh, Liv, Jose, if you would allow me to, um, have the floor for a minute, I want to, uh, first of all, what, what we're doing on this show, we're going to talk about the minimum wage and, uh, why the Democrats love to lose, um, I, w- I want to hash out this argument before before I uh, allow you two to chime in, if you will allow me Please. Um, to monologue for a second. Okay. Um, I don't know if you two watch the uh, YouTube series that I that I shared on in the in the group chat. I don't know if you got a chance to to see any of that, but basically, okay. Basically, what it was. Um, there's a channel on YouTube called Innuendo Studios, 
Mm. And uh, they put out a series of videos called the Alt-Right Playbook. Um, essentially, what this is, is uh, this guy recorded a, a series of videos. His name is David David uh, David Roberts, I believe it is. But anyway, he, uh, he recorded a series of videos uh, in 2020, in the beginning of 2020. Uh, the the last year of Biden's administration, and one of the episodes I watched uh, really is really relevant to what's going on now. It was called it was called the Alt Right Playbook. Uh, you go high, we go low, and essentially, essentially, it was uh, him rehashing uh, the last year of Obama's presidency and what happened with with um, Merrick Garland and, you know, Obama not really fighting to to uh, appoint a su Supreme Court justice. So, I mean, we all know the story. I don't need to go over it again. But, you know, the conclusion was, you know, Obama caved to, to, uh, to Republican demands and he didn't, he didn't even try to fight them because this is what the Democrats do. The Democrats care more about decorum and and uh, following the rules per se, um, not looking like a hypocrite, and that's frustrating as hell to me because the Republicans have no no such <laughs> there's no such thing to Republicans caring about being called a, a, a hypocrite. That's the game for them. Being a hypocrite is just part of being a Republican. And I mean, yep. it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating to see the Democrats once again caring about rules and, and regulations and following the Constitution, whatever the fuck that means these days. I, I, like, what the fuck is a Constitution anymore? Like, what is it anymore? Nobody follows the Constitution anymore. Nobody. Like I, I don't. Like what the fuck are we doing? Why are we still arguing over this? People interpret the the Constitution like they interpret the Bible. Like there's literally, you can literally use any passage you want, and it don't don't none of it matter because nobody fucking follows it to a T anyway. So I I don't give a fuck about the Constitution. I really don't. I don't care. But this is the problem with Democrats. This is the problem. They, 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 they will not stoop to the right wing's level. And I mean, I guess that's what they're calling it. That's what they say. We. This is the whole Michelle Obama thing. You, you go if you go low, we go high or whatever. But the shit don't work. The Republicans still get everything they want. And we have a majority in all three branches of government right now. And the Republicans are still getting everything they want. Because the, the Democrat, and by extension, the liberal philosophy is, we have to negotiate. We have to find some kind of common ground. We have to, we have to uh, not suit to their level. We have to find some way to, to pull them over to our side. But here's the thing. The other side already believes that whatever you want doesn't matter to them. They don't care. 
their only job is to fight you at every turn. It doesn't matter how fucking centrist you go. The centrist position now is communist to them. Whether they believe what they're saying or not doesn't matter. You're a communist just because you have a D next to your name as a Democrat. No, and like whatever you do, it's always going to be like that. It doesn't matter how much you compromise. There is no compromise. There's no compromise you can do. The Republicans are always going to be your enemy. It's never, it's, it's, centrism is never going to happen in America. It's over for that. Since Ronald Reagan, it's, it's been a wreck. Since Newt Gingrich, it's been a wreck. I, I love when Democrats on TV always try to talk, try to make a point and they go, this happened on Bill Maher's show all the time. When they go low, we go lower. But it never happens in Congress. It never happens when we win the presidency. They always want to compromise. And honestly, at this point, if you still believe there's not a reason for that, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm going to say it once again. The reason that Democrats always fail to deliver on their promises and make no mistake the democrats so far have broken at least five of their campaign promises i'll name them they're still deporting people that's one there's still kids in cages that's two we still don't have the two thousand dollars checks <laughs> still like, what the fuck, man? I'm sorry, that's three. Um, min uh, minimum wage, that's four. We s they're still dragging their feet on that. And five, student loan debt. They're, they've broken five of their main campaign promises. Five, all five. The, the, re the real reason why they won the election, by the way, that's that's why I, I'm talking about the Georgia Senate election. I, I'm not talking about the uh, the president. The reason why they won the presidential election was because of COVID nineteen. Let's keep it real. But the reason why they won the Senate is for those five things, and they've broken their promises on all of them so far. And this is the thing: you have to realize they do it on purpose. The Democrats do not want, they do not want to govern. They don't want to help you. What they want to do is have enough power, but only enough to appear to fight the right wing. But what they really do is concede to the right wing on everything. They don't want to have a, a supreme majority because because that would mean they actually have to deliver. Like if there was if if the if the split was was 60-40 in the Senate right now, that would be a Democrat's worst nightmare. Because they would actually have to deliver for the their constituents, presumably. But they won't. You know why? Because they are paid 
to lose. The Democrats are paid to lose. I keep telling people this and they don't want to hear it. I've told some leftists this and they don't want to hear it. The Democrats have what you call campaign donors. And the de and corporate Democrats are not funded by grassroots like your Bernie Sanders, your Ilhan Omars, your AOCs. No, nah, that's not their main source of campaign contributions. Corporate Democrats like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get their money from big companies and giant donors. Billion dollar donors. That's who they get that's who they get their money from. And guess what? Helping the little man, helping you and me, helping the working class is not something that those people want. So what do they do? They pull Kamala Harris and Joe Biden aside and go, hey, if I give you this money, you make sure I get what I want. And what I want right now is for you to not help the working class. Don't raise the minimum wage to $15. I don't want that. And that's what they do. And they do it every time. And I'm sick and tired of telling people this and them looking at me like I'm crazy. And this is why we have to vote these motherfuckers out of office. And no, the left, I know the leftist position is to just vote third party. No, that's fucking stupid. Because just voting third party doesn't fix the problem. You're still going to have a majority of corporate hacks in office fucking up everything you want. The Democrats don't care about losing a few seats. They don't care about that. They care about the status quo. And this is the reason why we can never get anything done. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> Either one of you want to chime in, the floor is yours. I mean, to kind of piggyback off of um, like why these things have stagnated for over a decade now, um, is because is it's truly is because of those reasons. These individuals know for a fact that their seats are safe as long as they play the game, and unfortunately. And, and this is where I, I can, I can for a leftist myself, like, I will always tell you, like, don't vote this left party just because you got to build up. A, you have to build up a candidate like you got to you got to find your local person that you can back and build and get to the point where you want them to be like or her wanted to be or them wanted to be like wherever you want them to be. Like that stuff is not just throw a third party vote and hope it sticks. That, that's that is a wasted vote. But if you're building somebody, this can people can back and follow through. And they can get, and they can potentially sway some people. You might have a, you might have a decent candidate there. However, you're right. The majority of Democrats that sit right now are corporate backed, and that's where the game completely changes because you're no longer doing a from the bottom like now we're here kind of situation. You are already bought and paid for situation, and unfortunately, those people have the most sway. And as far as like not following through with campaign promises, I think like, my, my goodness, like that's that's the understatement of the year. I mean, we're still waiting on the COVID relief bill 
to actually pass um, through like the Senate. We're still waiting on like you write the checks. Like uh, we, the discussion of uh, the at least some some sort of student loan forgiveness has all but disappeared um, from their from the rhetoric. And absolutely, with the situations on like on borders and deportations and things of that nature, there it's very different with their positions today, where they were a few months ago um, on the campaign trails. And what's the most frustrating about like we talked about this before, I forget it was on the show, off the show, but like the Dems could literally win, like almost permanently. Uh, for, for, I would say, okay, if they could win for the next 10 years straight, if they did three of those five things, they promised. They're like, hey, get our citizens of some student loan forgiveness. Hey, pass this bill today through as is. Don't cut through, don't cut anything out. Don't ruin, the, like, don't ruin any of the uh, vaccine-related situations. Don't ruin any of the um, COVID relief itself. Don't ruin any of the right, right raise the minimum wage just pass it as is and lastly honestly if, if they could just get their stuff together as far as the border is concerned like just understand like you would literally look like gods i mean perceivedly um if you're just like like no more detention centers we're like de like we're decommissioning these detention centers and we're not trying to deport these people we're going to work with um what's it called uh, immigration and figure out what we're doing with these citizens or, or past the citizenships or whatever we're doing like having those three things happen would literally be like you you would win like pretty effectively for the next 10 years because everyone would see you as somewhat benevolent mm-hmm. it's like oh well it helped me directly like that's like that's where like a lot of this politics breaks down nowadays um, especially with with right view right view left and even the center um, but you feel more when it's right for us or left. He's like, what, what have you done to help me lately? And that's where a lot of the situation like legitimately could change overnight. If they just say, say they, say they forgave $10,000 of student loan debt, just for any person out there with student loan debt, that would be a direct, Hey, this directly affected you. This put money, some like this in some way, put money back in your pocket that you don't have to pay for anymore. And it was able to alleviate some of your stress. Mix that with with a with actual increase in minimum wage, like that's other. It's another side of the coin with their like it would literally change the perception of a lot of people's day to day lives, and that does directly affect how they vote. Absolutely does, because they remember, oh, this is where I was a year ago making an X, Y, and Z. Now after a year of a minimum wage increase, I'm making significantly more. So when we're looking at the 2022. Uh, uh, midterms, then you were thinking, well, these people directly helped me. Directly, effectively helped me. They helped put money in my pocket. They made life a little easier. Yada, yada, yada. So these situations could be alleviated, but you're right. They're, they have a tendency to not go that way simply because they just don't want to. It's based off of whatever their, unfortunately, the backers say, or whatever they're perceived like, uh, fellow democrats say in, in congress because that's another part of the, of the of the issue is you have a lot of people that just they kind of keep to a few of the leaders like 
uh what's it called if the leaders like actual um like whatever they vote for like whatever they're voting for how they vote they stick with that like the same reason why people that back in the day when they voted alongside mitt romney um and, and like in the senate same thing they're just like well if he votes then i might vote okay but that's not really politics that's you like hey my buddy my best friend voted for him so i'm gonna vote like you need to look at the bill you need to figure out what why you're voting along those lines um like, essentially what this boils down to is that we got to get money out of politics that's 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 first thing first um let live if you have anything to say please yeah um, i just um you know the thing with the kids in cages like that's there's so much money wrapped up in that and it just goes back i think to you know they're they're being paid to lose like exactly what you said like i can't i can't think of any other that i mean that's literally like to me the only reason you know there's been no progress with uh, these promises mm-hmm. yeah uh i do i do want to make a, 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 another point um Biden bombed Syria last week. Um, I, I don't really want to get into that because, I mean, of course he did. Like, come on, man. Like, uh, this is America. Uh, of, of course he did. And and yes, I'm angry about that. But I mean, you, you know, that's par for the fucking course. Um, we we elected Joe Biden, the the man who wanted to invade Iraq before George Bush did. So, I mean, that's look it up he was talking about it in 1995 <laughs> so uh, yeah this is this is who we have in office um and and this is the thing man we can we can fund money for wars but we can't help out the working class and this is why the democrats are probably going to lose the house they won't lose the senate I don't, I don't think they're going to lose the senate they'll probably act they'll probably actually gain seats because uh i think pat toomey's Days and numbers, so he's probably going to lose his seat. Um, there's a couple of other, other uh, Republicans, and particularly the Republicans who voted to convict Donald Trump, uh, that their pro- their seats are are, are probably uh, up for grabs. But um, they're probably going to lose the House because you know the Democrats are fucking up, and you know this is what they do. Every couple of years, they, they, they lose elections because they fail to follow through on campaign promises and they don't help the working class. And I, I, like, honestly, there are some Democrats who are expendable. You know what I mean? Like these Democrats who are in swing states and, and whatnot, um, if you're not Nancy Pelosi or Maxine Waters, or anybody in a in a in a solidly blue state, you're expendable to the Democrats, and they don't really care about you. So, you know, you're a sacrificial lamb, and and that's why they they feel as though they can get away with not helping people out because whatever. I don't give a fuck about that dude in that in that swing state. I'm still in power. I'm Nancy Pelosi. I'm not going anywhere. And this and this is the problem. This is a problem. Yeah, that's why a lot of that kind of unfortunately breaks down because, I mean, it will, fortunately, due to this sheer linear time, will change when those individuals no longer are there because obvious reasons are obvious. Um, however, 
in the interim of that, it's it's again you're in a time in a time of crisis. Like these individuals could literally become like like if they passed any of these any of these things, it would they would be seen seen as like in some ways heroes because they would be we voted you in and you followed through you came through and as a comparative politics situation would that break out in the 2020 uh 2022 elections um for in favor of the democrats it'd be like oh well they fixed things what did you republicans do like they would secure like like house seats and potentially gain house seats if they simply did those things but I, I do think it is a kind of psychology that, like, of politics that is interesting to me because it's, the like, Democrats are always, like, looked at as the underdog for some reason. Like, they're fighting for the, they're fighting the good fight, somehow. I'm not sure why that kind of came to be exactly, but that's what the perceived notion for the past, like, decade or so has been. It's like, like they're fighting the good fight. They're fighting against, like, all, all these things that, like, the, the, the fighting against racism and the fighting against uh like like sexism and they're fighting against all these things when like socially speaking they, they don't particularly care in most cases they're kind of just like they're nothing issues to them but the perceived idea is that if you are voting alongside them you are also fighting like for these causes where they like fail to actually follow through is usually in the house and senate when they are specifically asked by constituents like hey so we voted and we elected and we appointed and uh we would love to see like any of the things that we asked for you to do to, to actually occur, um, and this way it's, it's crazy because it, it, it's a situation where like there is very little benefit to to playing that side of the game for that long because eventually people are going to get like what why the progressives exist as a whole I do believe is because people got kind of uh, sick and tired of that. <laughs> Um, of just the, it's not, like, it's clearly not, they're doing anything, they're clearly not happening, it's clearly not happening, they're clearly not changing their opinion, so we need better candidates, and Dems are kind of just stuck in this weird centrist battle, um, and weird, uh, compromising, uh, a compromised position with Republicans, because instead of just kind of giving them the finger, and being like, well, tough noogies, we're in 2021 now, and we're moving forward, they're like, well, how can we talk to our fellow Republican, uh, congressmen and women how can we how can we come to terms with them it's like um maybe don't for a minute because they didn't they didn't care about what any anyone anything you had to say during the uh, trump administration and when they had control of the house and senate um so maybe kind of you know do the same and just you know do what you need to do for the people instead of for yourself for your own like seat for 10 seconds maybe and you would actually see you wouldn't even need your your corporate backer because the citizens would actually keep you in power, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the issue at hand. So Bernie Sanders uh is the the chairman of the budget committee and and uh and the Senate, right? So through reconciliation he was going to uh, raise the minimum wage. Now the Senate parliamentarian uh it, who I had to look this up because the Senate Parliamentarian of the United States is the official advisor to the United States Senate on the interpretation of the standing rules of the United States Senate 
in the parliamentary procedure. Incumbent parliamentarian is Elizabeth Don, uh, McDonald and has held office since 2012, appointed by then majority leader Harry Reid. Harry Reid hasn't been in office uh, since uh, I want to say 2017, and he was Senate majority leader until uh, 2015. So, um, yeah. This is how long the Senate parliamentarian has been in office. She's been there since 2012, and um, for some reason, she she's blocking the uh, 15 minimum wage, which oh, which uh, you know Kamala Harris and Joe Biden can just overrule. They don't have to follow her advice, but you know this is what the Democrats do. This is what they do. They you know, follow the rules, quote unquote. And now Twitter is a funny place because on Twitter, people are rightfully blaming the look on the left. People are blaming Kamala Harris for this, but the liberals are, bl are blaming Bernie Sanders for not having enough votes, which is stupid. Yeah. Because Kamala Harris is the fucking vice president and the and the president of the Senate, so she holds more power than Bernie Sanders does. But again, and and she's the de facto leader along with Joe Biden. They're the de facto leaders of the Democratic Party. So if anybody needs to find the votes, it should be them two, not Bernie Sanders. But this is what liberals do. They protect their team, no matter what. No matter what, they always protect their team, no matter how shitty they are. <laughs> and this is the problem I have with a lot of liberals. Now, I don't want to abandon liberals because we still need them to vote for, for progressives because the left, we can't win by ourselves, let's be honest. But this is the problem I have with a lot of liberals, man. They just... You know, they fall in line way too easily. And, and they move whichever way the wind is blowing. And it's really frustrating. Um, and obviously the K-Hive is, you know, saying that the left is blaming Kamala Harris because they're sexist and racist. Which we all knew was going to happen. And if you, if you criticize Kamala Harris, you're going to be called a misogynist. That's just... Or racist. That's just the way it is. Whatever. We we don't care about that. We know that's a bad faith argument. Well, also, like in in the in the the YouTube video, uh, the outright playbook, um, it also mentioned the fact too that like um, if someone's gonna get scapegoated, more than likely it's gonna be a person of color or a woman too. Mm -hmm. What I mean. So you know. You know, I'm not saying that you know that Kamala Harris doesn't like deserve it or whatever, but uh, you know, a lot of people deserve uh, the accountability and the responsibility for the failings here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, the 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 liberal position here is not without merit, but it's make it's a bad faith argument to completely ignore the fault of Kamala Harris and, by extension, Joe Biden at all you know mm -hmm. just to blame bernie sanders because you don't like him because of 
allegedly but, what he did to Hillary Clinton. It's just, uh, I mean, you, 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 you just, you know, you know what I mean? It's it, at this point, you, you just, you just, yeah. you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. She's she's vice president. He's he's a senator. Like it's it's clear and cut here. Who has more power in the situation? It's Kamala Harris. Like she don't get to be vice president and then not govern. This if you don't want to govern, get the hell out of office. Resign right now, and let somebody else who's more deserving take your spot. This this is this isn't up for discussion. I don't give a fuck if she's black or female. I don't care. If you don't want to do your fucking job and and represent the people who elected you, get the fuck out of office. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't give a fuck about that. I, I I really don't care. And any liberal making that argument to a leftist can suck my motherfucking dick because you know that's not the reason. You know mm-hmm. that's not. You don't want to hold your politicians accountable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's your problem. Mm-hmm. You just want to be on the good team. Mm-hmm. But being on the good team, I mean, what the fuck is that getting you? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. People need help. People need the minimum wage raise. And Kamala Harris. And by extension, Joe Biden is standing in front of it because of some Senate advisor. Like, get the fuck out of here, yo. Fuck mm-hmm. that shit. Like, I don't care. And this is, and again, paid to lose. They're not mm-hmm. overruling her because they don't, their donors don't want them to. Mm-hmm. And that's Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and the rest of the corporate wing of the Democrats are all. Two-faced, bought and paid for hacks who won't help the working class if it if it if it killed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they <laughs> like that's basically what it is. It's career suicide if they do that because I mean it's not, but I mean it's I mean it's probably it's probably uh it'll probably lose them a few donors, but like who gives a fuck? You can find new donors. Uh-huh. You can find grassroots donors if you actually want to do the work, but the problem is a lot of these motherfuckers are old and set in their ways. And I don't want to make the argument for for uh for uh term limits on senators, but like, I mean, I think we have to at this uh, at this point. Some of these people have been in Congress for way too long. I'm looking at you, Diane Feinstein. Who is on Alzheimer's medication, and I'm always gonna bring that shit up. Mm-hmm. I'm always gonna bring that shit up whenever I can. There are senators and and Congress people who are taking Alzheimer's medication. Why, 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 why the fuck are we still allowing them to hold office? Mm-hmm. Like they should be at home, not doing anything. Like seriously. Yeah. I don't want to be ableist here, but I don't think people with Alzheimer's should be, you know, making decisions for the rest of us. That's just, I mean, I'm just keeping it real. I know that sounds ableist, but uh, I think I'm in the right authority here. Like, I, help me out here. Am I, am I right about that? I, I don't know. I, I am I being that. ableist when I say that? 
Um, I, I don't know because I don't have that much experience with uh, folks with Alzheimer's, but the people that I do know that have that, like there has to be some checks for somebody's that, that, that they're that they're able, you know, that they're sound enough in their mind, that they have the presence of mind to do the work that's in the you know, best interest of the people. And I, I mean, it's, I think that definitely she should have to be evaluated or uh, anyone, you know. Oh, well, you know they're not doing none of that. Yeah. They're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, some of these motherfuckers have been in there too long. And that's, that's the point I was trying to make. <clears throat> yeah. Like, they should be, I think they should totally be uh, term limits for fucking sure. Well, well the argument behind the argument against that is that you know it would be easier for corruption to take root, which is a, a kind of good. Because uh, I mean, if you have a bunch of noobs in there, it's going to be you know probably easier to bribe them. It's the argument that against it, which Ooh. would be a good argument if the motherfuckers who are already in office weren't already corrupted. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's just you know, it's something to think about. Maybe after, maybe after you know, three terms or something like that, which is like what? Yeah, fifteen like, years or something like that. What's a senator term? Like six years? Am I, am I getting that right? A senator for a senator is six years, right? Or four? I don't know. I, I'll look that up later. But anyway, um. Things, yeah, like as as far as like, the natural lead to corruption. You already have corruption, so yeah. that points out the window. One one just at least ensures that these people aren't, hopefully, like, continually making decisions based on, on like old politics. Because a lot of these people are making decisions based on old politics. Yeah, and, it's it's nineteen nineties. Uh, well, the Democrats are still stuck in the nineteen nineties. Um, the Republicans are moving ahead, you know, quite quite quickly with their fascism, and you know the 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 Democrats are failing to recognize that they're being outgunned at, at every at every turn, and you know again I think they're being paid to do that. So, or I know I don't think I know they're being paid to do that. Yeah, this is maybe a little bit of a like a side thing, a side concern, but I'd be curious, like, to what y'all think about this, but, and this, I am completely, completely think we need to have, I think, the $15 minimum wage, like, it should probably be higher than that, like, because I don't think 15 oh, yeah. bucks living wage, yeah. like, at all, you know what I mean? I, I mean, make no mistake, $15 is, $15 is the compromise, that's yeah. what the compromise is. All this ten dollars and eleven dollars, thirteen—that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And and the people making that argument know it's bullshit. But, but whatever, yeah. if you want to make that argument, I guess it's better than nothing, which is a bullshit thing to say. And if you want to be an asshole, but go ahead. Look. Those jobs that like if they get the fifteen um fifteen dollars an hour, like you know, like your fast food workers, they're not going overseas. But I also worried because last time there was a minimum wage increase 10 years ago like well back like recession time right think about how many manufacturing towns like reading and stuff and other 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 cities across america were destroyed whenever they decided to take their manufacturing facilities out of the damn country Mm -hmm. so 
I wonder there needs to be protections in place or something to keep if 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 this actually if they if this comes to be, how do we make sure that these companies don't go well? Fuck America! Uh, we're escaping. We're taking well, jobs outside the country. Well, that's 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 great that you make that argument. What you're essentially doing is you're making the argument of Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang says that uh, we can increase the minimum wage, but a lot of these jobs, like like the fast food workers, you know, retail clerks, all this type of stuff, are going to go away by by automation. Yeah. So that's basically what what you're saying. the the next The next step for that, for shipping jobs out, out of out of the country, is getting rid of all, them altogether. Yeah. In universal wage, universal wage, like mm-hmm. uh, for domestic laborers, for homemakers, etc. Everybody just fucking gets, like, start at fifteen for the love of God. Everybody just gets fifteen bucks a fucking hour. Like, you know what I mean? With with certain caps, of course. But like, you know, like that's what I think. I don't know. Because uh, do you see how quick? Um, I just went to Family Dollar before we're talking here. Now, uh, apparently, you don't even have to walk into the damn Family Dollar even anymore. Uh, you, they will deliver it to you that same day. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? You know, it's scary too because manufacturing and stuff like this. I've seen this. Like, um, everything's moving towards robotics and servos, and it's all about. You know, while there's a couple good jobs in manufacturing right now, not paid appropriately, they're all going the way of automation, and we're about to be completely fucked as a yeah. nation of blue collar workers. Mm-hmm. Completely fucked. I wonder <sighs> if it's stopped to a certain extent. I really do because I mean, you, you, you can you can do it through legislation, but like I said, the problem is we have too much money in politics, and nobody but Bernie Sanders will say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these people are, are, you know, they're donors, and you know, the billionaires don't don't want legislation to be you know they don't want you know regulatory uh legislation to be passed for them to not get away with shit like this Mm -hmm. and this is the problem we have and this is the real problem we have with 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 basically every level of government Mm -hmm. and and this is what they do man they pay off the politicians with campaign contributions quote-unquote yeah. Which is just legal a legal term for bribes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I'm not trying to be fear based or nihilistic, but I, I even think about like this pandemic with everything going virtual, schooling, etc. I just feel like they're just gonna instead of giving workers what they need for to survive, they're just gonna say, fuck all y'all and I mean, and the way things are going, I mean, also, you know, these, I don't, I, I, something's got to fucking give, because we're, I think, you know, another 10, 20 years of this shit, where everything's going, we're all about, America's about to be fucking destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, a country that completely has no working class is, you know, is destined to doom itself, because, I mean, you just... You're just, you know, prolonging your own your own demise at that point. If at some point people are gonna get desperate enough to, you know, show up at your house with a guillotine, chop mm-hmm. your fucking head off. 
and you know, a lot of us aren't, aren't to that point. Um, some on the left would say that this is the perfect time for revolution, but it's not because you're still the minority, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, frustrating as hell mm-hmm. uh, that people aren't as angry as some of us are. But, mm-hmm. you know, the bottom line is that we're not at that point yet. And I feel like we're at a super pivotal time, too, and I apologize if I'm being overly fear based. But like mm-hmm. these fucking robo. No, I mean you're making dogs. real points. Now these robo fucking cop dogs. I heard a little snippet about you know you get these fucking robots to replace the fucking cops, and when they shoot you, they shoot the six ways that they anticipate you might move in addition to at you. So we're moving mm-hmm. into I think a place where the cops are gonna become something we can't even fucking fight against if we don't fucking get the fucking cops defunded and eventually fucking abolished because we're moving towards this is a really pivotal important time in America and if we fuck this shit up bring on the fucking apocalypse because here it fucking comes like I, I don't know these fucking these fucking liberals and these fucking jackasses that don't that don't give a fuck about the survival of the working class in America right now but like they are, uh, we're all about to be fucked, and their indifference, uh, holy shit, fuck them. I don't think they know what's at stake. Yeah, I mean, they don't, and, and that's the problem we have in America, like, it, and this is the, 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 the thing with accelerationists tell you that it has to get worse before it gets better, which is, you know, an argument that says that you just don't give a fuck about human life either. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're willing to sacrifice a whole bunch of people just so you can get your way. So, yeah, which exactly. Which is, you know, authoritarianism. But right, and they never know. think it's them. They never think that they're never the ones that are like, oh, I'll sacrifice myself, my family. They always. Well, I mean, some of them. Sacrifice. Some of them. Some of them say that. But a lot of a lot of people who say that don't have anything to lose. They don't care about their family. Yeah, that's um, so you know they they're willing to be a martyr for the cause because mm. they don't have any. Which is sad, but you know that's you, bro. I still got a family. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want a violent revolution right now. I just you know I I, I don't want my wife to have to go through that. Um, yeah. And my future children to have to go through that. I, I just don't think that's a winning formula. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, I, I do want everybody to watch that YouTube series. Um, it's 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 a little dated. As I said, he 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 wrote the show uh, in 2020, um, February of 2020. But I I, I, uh, I follow the channel first of all. It's a lot of other videos on that channel too. Innuendo Studios. Um, follow follow the channel. It's a lot of good videos on there. Some not political. Uh, but if you want some entertainment, you can watch the rest of the videos too. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, watch that series. Uh, uh, the Alt Right Playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I haven't finished it yet. I'm on uh, video nine, I think. So after we get off this call, I'm probably gonna go um, watch the rest of that. Um, 
Yeah, so in summation, yeah, uh, just be mindful. Uh, the Democrats are gonna are gonna have to deliver at some point because they're gonna get shellacked in the in the uh, the, the midterms and unless Donald Trump goes to jail, he's coming back in 2024. So, um, yeah, this is this is a as Liv said, this is a very pivotal time. A very pivotal time. Develop your fucking empathy for fucking people. <laughs> that's the simplest thing. And honestly, that's where, like, if, simp- if that was the most, like, on-point statement, Liv, honestly. Develop freaking empathy. Like, we are still in a time of crisis. And a lot of our citizens, a lot of our people are still suffering. Still have, are still unemployed. It's still like a bunch of things going on from last year. Like it's marks almost a year that we shut down. Things like what is this this week? This is like this like the sixth or seventh um, was official shutdown across the nation, and like at least in Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, like that stuff was real. Like that was where a lot of these things, the world turned on its head, and now we're kind of finally getting ourselves out of it. And we sp- and again, I'm going back to like the why. These people were in power in the first place, or they were elected, at least like in the Senate, as you mentioned earlier, Jay, was that that was the whole idea was COVID related. It was like you we were trust we're trusting you to look at that bill and be like, yes, and let's pass it. And let's get our citizens the help they need. And you're like, Well, I mean, do we really have to? Like no one's dying as much as anymore and like now we're like, No, we still need it. We still need to recover with so many things with so many people like are still suffering and it gets yep. to the point the situations unfortunately gets bogged down in the good old-fashioned political game versus like hey um our citizens are suffering your job is to is, is to help the citizens and your constituents specifically so how about you do that for 10 seconds um and put away your freaking and like and it's like and ignore your four four billion dollar bribe and you know move forward exactly and the thing is like the not to get all biblical and shit but yeah you are your brother's keeper and your sister's fucking keeper and we're responsible for each other's well-being like develop your fucking empathy and you know what i mean like if all these people that are like fuck you i got mine and i'm fine so you know they don't see the need for uh these progressive policies like go fuck yourself you might be fine today, but even people that are fine, you are one fucking crisis away from being at the bottom, just like so many people are in fucking America. Right. With- this pandemic has proven that. Exactly. A lot of people lost their jobs during the pandemic. And, I, and that's, that's essentially why Donald Trump lost. But the pandemic, we're about to, you know, be out of that. Um, people are being vaccinated. The vaccine seems to be working. So you know, even even with the new strains that were popping up, it, apparently the vaccine is working for those too. Uh, at least that's what I read. But uh, yeah, um, there won't be you know a threat of a pandemic in 2024. So and for all, you might want to get the ball rolling. And for the numbers they have now, for almost every person that died, a small business died. And you know who's doing fucking fantastic? All these fucking corporations. 
I, my business, my retail storefront fucking couldn't survive it. And, but you know who can? Fucking, uh, Dollar General can, uh, is surviving and they're building a new Dollar General, uh, a quarter mile away from the fucking family dollar in the small town where my fucking mom lives. Like, and then guess what? All these small business owners that lost their jobs, where are they going to be fucking going? Because a lot of them are entrepreneurs. A lot of them are people that don't have college degrees. Well, why don't you line up at Dollar General and get fucking eight bucks an hour or fucking less? Because that's where you're going. Like, yep. fuck. Sorry. <laughs> and, if, and if they don't raise the minimum wage or actually help any of these people, you're going to lose. And yeah. to be honest, once again, I'm going to end the show by saying that they want to lose. They mm-hmm. are paid to lose. <sighs> this has been Shooting the Shit with Living Jay here on the Brand Down Podcast for Olivia Seaman, for Jose Roxas. I'm Jay Hezekiah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um, for this show. Uh, later on in the week, I do actually want to do a movie review. Um, I think we're going to do... Uh, what, what, what was it I was saying? Um, uh, Hunchback and Notre Dame? Y- y'all want to do that? I mean, yeah. that'd be fun because it's just like, okay, Rolo. Like, okay, we need to yeah. trash for an hour and a half. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I want to do... Plus, I-, I like some of the music in that. So I was going to say, it's got my favorite Disney songs in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you know, I, I do want to, you know, delve into uh, Frollo and and um, recently, you know, seeing the the dogma of the of the right wing is really, you know, uh, a scary parallel there. So uh, we'll we'll see you later on in the week and next week with another episode of Shooting the Shit with Living J. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Baby dad. Yeah.
I'm too fresh, man, the world ain't never had me I'm too fresh, man, y'all ain't never get me that Stone Mountain ain't no doubt, man, these niggas won't hold me back Ah, they wasn't hating them anyway My roommate exercised, man, he moving that heavyweight My girl ain't down to ride, couldn't deal with my day-to-day I'm at my grandma's house, man, like, I don't know what to say Maybe I'm sorry, but sorry don't pay the rent I promise to pay you back, and I don't know where he at But tell him he missing out, his grandson cool as fuck And tell me who be standing when the mother was giving up Let's keep it spontaneous, I don't need that rehearsal More flow, man Then progressive commercials Get with the program Cause the plus loan They putting us on I got a month long Before I take the bus home I know this music shit ain't shit And all these random niggas in my house make you anxious And I ain't never told you that our love would be painless But I was so in love with you, I thought we could make it Damn, I wasn't in it Damn, we wasn't finished Damn, I caught his tickets Damn, we went to Venice Prioritized all our lives and made you into a business That's why you wasn't surprised when I had made my decision Gotta make it, cause if not, I'm a failure My wallet is failure And my brother's still moving Ain't no shit I can tell I'm trying to keep him out of trouble But the cops is wildin' And it's nice to have a fella when the boys get violent The Mexicans try to jump me at the club Funny thing was I thought they were stepping to show me love Grandma's couch, my biggest fear and fantasy When I ain't in her arms, all I'm making is enemies Hear them screaming obscenities at a nigga Wanted to live bigger than eating wall projects Was eating all concept of anyone walking out What did you talk about? Gun kill road, made them summers feel cold On the same train that my parents met on 20 years later and my thoughts still get on
Huh? Huh? Yo, Slime, it's your time.